This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. It's a very familiar tale here in Malaysia, a sprawling virgin rainforest cleared for development or plantations. Despite pledges to protect our intact forests made on the international stage, back home we seem to keep hearing of more forests being degazetted or earmarked for development. So in the case that we're going to discuss today, which is uh, in Pahang, the site in question used to be part of a forest reserve in the Chinibera Forest Complex, home to Orang Asli communities, a wide array of wildlife too. Uh, but now as an Environmental journalist Lao Yaohua puts it, all that remains are silty logging roads winding across the shrubby landscape. So Yaohua, who is the co-founder of Makaranga, joins me today to share more about the three-part story that he produced and published on Makaranga, which was done in collaboration with the Pulitzer Center's Rainforest Investigations Network. He's going to get us up to date on everything that's happening. Welcome, Yaohua. How are you today? Hello, Juliet. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you again for joining me today. So, uh, yes, you know, again, uh, you know, I was reading, <laughs> I was reading all three articles, getting depressed again, uh, getting really sad because it's the same as I as I said in the intro. You know, just like ah, this sounds so familiar. It has all the same sort of like uh, elements in the stories that we keep hearing in Malaysia. But let's talk about uh, why you wanted to um, investigate this particular story. Yeah. Well, it, it can be uh, just just to address your depressing, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the your comment that you know. It, it, that it can be pretty depressing to to once again you know if you love forests or you like you know sustainability uh, it can be quite depressing to keep on reading stories about you know forests being uh, forest reserves being removed and then cleared for uh, a, a project like in this case that uh, obviously actually has many um, concerns you know and we can go through that later mm-hmm. and so it can be quite depressing but I am I also hope that you know in, actually in this case in this story right it is possible to make a change still. Um, The the state government can decide to change uh, or better still, uh, perhaps the company, the developer itself, you know, YP Olio Sandria and Bahad, they can choose to change their project, you know. Um, They have a site. uh, Well, let's let's talk about the the, the project now. So, so this three-part story is really an investigation um, of this project, this project, by YP Olio Sandiran Bahart. It's a Malaysian uh, uh, private company. Um, the company wants to develop, uh, turn a 85-kilometer square or square kilometer, I never get it, uh, <laughs> site in Pahang into an oil palm plantation, mm-hmm. right? Now, this site, as you described, uh, it was part of the uh, Bukit Ibam Forest Reserve in uh, what the Malaysian planners would call the Chini Bera Forest Complex. So, you know, if you know Tase Chini, Tase Bera, this for this site is between these two lakes. Okay. Now, so it wants to turn, the company wants to turn this site into oil palm plantation. Now, the site itself now, um, well, let's say at the start of 2019, the entire site is forested. Okay. Uh, it is good forest. It is not poor degraded forest and I say this based on uh, scientific studies based on satellite analysis that scientists have done so it is good forest um, which with a lot of wildlife tigers elephants tapirs sun bears clouded leopards um, and the consultants who went there even say that they heard uh, rhinoceros hornbills and uh, helmeted hornbills you know if you can imagine that and by the way the call of the helmeted hornbill is very distinctive exactly. it's, it's actually very hard to make a mistake on that Correct. and all these are endangered animals right yeah. and then 
as, as of now, why I say that there is still a chance to sort of like, you know, to save the forest if we deem that is what's ne- that's, uh, what's necessary to be done, is that, you know, of this 85, um, this 8,500 hectare site, right, mm-hmm. about 2,600 or say one, you know, less than one third or is it one third has been cleared. Already, right? Already. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's a glass half full, half empty situation. So there remains, you know, 5,000 to 6,000 hectares that is still forested. Okay. I've been there. It looks like good forest to me. So this is virgin rainforest? Are we no, no, no. Virgin? We can't say it's virgin. No. Okay. Um, it, it's, now it's always very complicated and okay, it's going okay. to be debatable however way you want to describe the forest and you, know, you call it. And it, the forest has been logged, uh, you know, years ago. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, but not cleared. It has been. Got it. it had mm. been, you know, sustainably logged. Selective logging is what they call. It. So you know, it's it's good for us. I mean, you, you go in there and you look at it. It's, it's okay. And it's clearly, not with all that wildlife there. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, there are kijang, you know, palando, all that kind of animals in there. I mean, according to the locals and to the EIA, the environmental impact assessment report. So it's it's good wildlife. Okay. Um. So yeah. So there is still a chance. So the 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 company YP Olio has a lease, a 99-year lease on the site, right? And they obtained the lease from the Pahang government uh, in December 2019. Okay. So they have a 99-year lease on that. They turned that into an oil palm plantation. And um, now the timeline on this project is kind of confusing. Uh, less you know, polite would be questionable and we can go a lot more less polite on this <laughs> because... Um, it was forest reserved, uh, but in 2019, uh, sorry, 2017, the Pahang State Government approved the the project to YP Olio. That's in 2017. They approved the project to YP Olio, and in there, in the approval letter, it has a condition that the land can be transferred to YP Olio before degazettement out of the forest reserve. Oh. Now, this is you know, this is all. This is already questionable. Correct. But of course, like, the state already say, okay, then, okay, I guess. Um, so then in 2019, uh, yes, so they, they transferred the land over to YP Olio. But it was only in you know, about 11 months or 12 months later after the transfer that the site was officially degazetted. Now, in that 11 to 12 months before it was officially degazetted and under, I guess, the ownership of YP Olio, clearing has already begun. Mm-hmm. How much? 1,600 hectares has already been cleared about that. Okay. So this is it. And in 2021, so, you know, after all this clearing has been done, and uh, then they submitted an EIA uh, report to the Department of Environment in Putrajaya, uh, applying to convert the entire site into an oil palm plantation to first clear and then convert the entire site into oil palm plantation. This was in the middle of 2021 when they first submitted the EIA report. It was rejected. This was also the same time that Makaranga first reported on this project last year. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a few months later, um, you know, in October 2021, the, the Department of Environment rejected that environmental impact assessment report uh, for various reasons, uh, including one of the points that uh, you know, we raised, which is... Um, this uh, ethics or questionable letter of consent from the local orang asli there. So there's some very, uh, you know, well, questionable things going on. And yeah, so, so that's that. And then the other wildlife concerns. Uh, then also on the, 
the, the whole project itself was very weird uh, or, or again questionable in the beginning. At first it was, they wanted to do it for oil palm and then also uh, to plant a tree, a timber tree called Paulonia. Mm-hmm. But then the funny thing is that the land was only approved for oil palm only. Correct. Not, no yeah. mention of you no know, forest plantation or timber trees, right? So that was a huge uh, contention in the first report. And that was dropped when the company resubmitted uh, their environmental impact assessment report um, in the beginning of this year in February. Uh, and just a few weeks ago in um, September, their resubmitted report was eventually approved by the Department of Environment in Putrajaya, which means, um, as far as I know, uh, there are no more hurdles left for them to proceed with their project to clear the remaining forests on the site and to start planting oil palm. Uh, so far, however, however, um, a week after the um, report was approved by the department, the local Orang Asli, you know, a group of them living there uh, on the site, um, they have been protesting the logging there for, for quite some years, actually, and they have a track record of the protests, the letters, the police report, and you know, two blockades. Uh, a month after the report was approved, um, they, they actually filed a summons, a legal summons in the KL High Court okay. against the Pahang State Government, uh, YP Olio, and, uh, and several other government agencies that are involved. Uh, accusing them, I'm not sure if accuse is the right legal term to use here, but basically they are saying that uh, in this legal suit, they are, they are claiming that uh, the, the, the government agencies and the state government did not you know, protect Orang Asli interests as they are mandated to do, you know, in the, uh, uh, is it the Orang Asli Act or the Aboriginal Abrig- People's Act? Um, and they are claiming that YP Olio has breached into their customary land now, if you remember, this um, YP Olio has a lease on this uh, 8,500 hectares, right? Yes. Uh, of this, this site, uh, this land that YP Olio has occupies about uh, almost entirely uh, another, uh, the customary land that is claimed by the Orang Asli staying there. Okay. okay. So, so there's a huge overlap. Um, so that is a problem for the Orang Asli. Mm-hmm. And some of them, you know, there are like two, sort of like two groups there. Two you know, one group agree with the project, one group disagree with the project and are holding up blockades and, 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 and stuff like that. Um, and then there's another group that actually has agreed and, and they, they say they truly understood the consent letter that they signed last year and they agree with it. Yeah. Okay, all right. But for in situations like this, do they need consensus in that sense or just, yeah? The, do you know? By right, they should. Um, there is no social impact assessment needed for this project, uh, only an environmental, environmental impact assessment. Now, part of the environmental impact assessment is a social survey so often, you know, to get the locals' um, opinions or whether they agree. Mm-hmm. I, I think the review would consider the results of the survey and... But how much, like what's the weight that it plays, I, I really can't tell. I think it plays very little weight. Why? Because in this survey that was done in, I think, 2019 to 2020, uh, when, you know, some of the logging had already begun, mm-hmm. the Orang Asli villagers that responded to the survey, now, and this survey is done by the EIA consultant employed 
or, or, or hired by the or contracted by the company itself. 85% of the Orang Asli villagers, villagers uh, said no, they disagree with the project. Now that's 85%. Of the two villages that are within the site, so Kampung Berenggoy and Kampung Mersau, 100% of the respondents disagreed. Okay. If it's so strongly you know, a, a disagreement or a protest, you expect, you know, okay, the project can't go through. But no, no, it, it doesn't. Many of the projects that we have seen, you can get 70%, uh, 85%, whatever, you know, a majority of the locals uh, disagree the project and it will still pass through, right? Because it's an environmental impact assessment. Yeah. So what's the point of getting the consent letters? I think, well, perhaps the, 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 the company really just wants to, convince uh, the authorities that, hey, you know, uh, they disagreed, the Orang Asli disagreed at the beginning, but now we have, you no, know, because in the consent letters, they are saying that um, there are many ways you can interpret the consent letters because they all don't come in a bunch and the villagers say they cannot read. So, you know, how you want to interpret the whole process, <laughs> yeah. right? And there were no legal representation uh, for the villagers when they signed it, right? So it was just the villagers uh, and uh, YP audio representatives and uh, officers from Jakwa, which is the Orangasti Development uh, Department. Anyway, so the the, the, the letters, well, the way the, the, the company interpret the letters are that uh, the villagers sign it agreeing to YP audio developing that land into oil palm and also the villagers get uh, eight families there. Each family will get one new house okay. built by YP audio. And that's that. So that's the consent letter. Um, I, I think I think the YPO would, would have felt that you know such a consent letter would be useful in getting their uh, EIA report approved by the Department uh, of Environment. Uh, whether it was strictly necessary, I do not know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, let's just go for a quick break. Yeah. Well, when we come back, let's talk maybe about um, I guess some controversy. Some well, we've been talking about controversies, but also you know things in terms of the ecological damage and also uh, you know losses to Malaysians, economic loss uh, that might be incurred by this project. I'm speaking today to Lau Yahua. He's the co-founder of Makaranga. We're talking about a project uh, happening over in the forest reserve in Pahang uh, in the Chini Berat Forest Complex. Uh, a wide expanse of land has been degazetted for uh, oil palm plantation and also some plantation as well, isn't it? Just some planting of trees as well. Uh, we'll find out more after this quick break. You're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. With me in the studio today, Lau Yahua, the co-founder of Makaranga. He's discussing a three-part story that he produced and published on Makaranga, done in collaboration with the Pulitzer Center's Rainforest Investigations Network. Uh, here we were talk- Here he spoke about a project that is happening over in Pahang. Uh, about how many hectares was it? Well, 8,500. 8, 8,500 8, hectares of, uh, well, very intact and very good rainforest that was uh, excised uh, from a forest complex, right? Uh, meant for oil palm plantations and also some other plantations. So, you know, before the break, you explained everything that's, that's been happening, some of the questionable things as well. Um, I think one thing that really I was very interested to to read about, you also said that the data that you've gathered, right, or the data that you've, you've collated suggests that this project would reward the company with a huge income, but could actually cost the state and society dearly. Can you explain that? 
Yeah. So, uh, so first, just to clarify, the, the project now, uh, the pro- project which has been approved, um, it's now strictly for oil palm. Okay, so okay. no more timber tree plantation, okay, none of that. Okay. Now it's like strictly for oil palm. And yeah, so, you know, they, so Makaranga, you know, we, we, we look at each project as, you know, we, we look at the sustainability or the cost benefit of it, you know. We look at, you know, we, we ask what's the value of doing such a project? You mm-hmm. can take any EIA report and that's, I, from, for, at least for Makaranga, that's the first question that we ask. Uh, the driving question, what's the value of this project? Uh, but then again, then, then you go into the, 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 the next question then is, okay, value for whom? Mm-hmm. You can look at value for, of course, the company, the developer. That's there's some value there for them, of course. Um, the value for the state, uh, and that concerns, um, you know, maybe taxes, maybe job opportunities, votes definitely, and then uh, future cost. For example, you know, uh, say carbon credit, or you know, if there's a disaster risk, you know, all the all the damages that we, that we need to come into it. So th- those are for the state, and then for the citizens, right? For the people who are staying there, what's the value of, of this project? And then also for people who are not staying there, maybe people like uh, you and me, you know, well, definitely you and me, we are not staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, what value does this project add to uh, to our lives, you know, to our nation? So we look at all that. Of course, it then becomes very complex. So let's, you know, we, we can start small and look at the, the value for the company first, you know, and then for the people, for, for the state that approved the project. Now, this is, uh, this was a forest of 8,500 hectares. The project is to clear the forest and turn it into oil palm on a 99-year lease. Yeah. So what's the value of this project? The company would, of course, get um, profits or revenue from the logs that they clear from the forest. That's one main uh, value, then they can get value in terms of um, the uh, oil palm products, right? The, the fresh fruit bunch that they sell from from the plantation. So those are the two main ones. Um, the yeah, a report actually reported a third one, but I think there was some mistake. So let's let's forget about that one. Okay. So okay, so the 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 logs. Let's talk about the logs for the for 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 the company. Um, the, in the EIA report, they did not. Uh, estimate the value of the logs that will be first cleared from the land. Uh, but I ask uh, an independent uh, plantation and logging manager uh, who has, you know, uh, some experience. I showed them pictures of the forest there and of a log yard there. And they say, um, they estimate that the clearing the site, the remaining two-thirds of the site, not, not the entire site, I'm just talking about the remaining two-thirds of the site, uh, would garner above 160 million ringgit. Okay. So now the entire site can be cleared in two years. Uh, I mean, the remaining two-thirds can be cleared in two years. So you can think that's like two, in two years, uh, YP Audio and its contractors would get uh, 160, 160 million. And that's actually a conservative estimate. Yeah. Okay. Um, if even if you take a, a huge discount as an as error margin of 50%, you will still get 80 million. Okay. Then, so that's, you know, the first, uh, I guess, windfall profit, I guess, for the company. And then if you go to, uh, if you look at the oil palm uh, product sale, right, um, the EIA report consultants themselves estimated that to be about 90 million ringgit for the first 30 years. So that's that. 
Now, so obviously the, 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 the company has a lot to gain from the project. But for the state, however, uh, they, they will gain in taxes for sure. They'll get premium. Now, the company itself paid 21 million ringgit to, as a premium to, to use the land. And then every year, they're supposed to pay about 2 million in land tax. So that goes to the, the state. However, clearing the land means that there will no longer be any selective uh, logging, logging you know, yeah. going you know, forever in the future, right? So uh, for the first 30 years, uh, the consultants estimate that the, the, the state, or you know, not, not necessarily state, but the, 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 the loss of those forests you know, will incur a loss revenue of 170 million because you can no longer sustainably uh, log the, the, the forest. And then, of course, there's also carbon credits, which yeah. you could have gotten. Uh, that's about 77 million. So all, if you put that all together, um, these losses right, in, in, in missed opportunities, because the forest is no longer there, will, co- will come up to about nearly 250 million ringgit of a lost oppor- uh, revenue. And who, who, in, who, who suffers this loss? Mm. Definitely not the company. Um, I would say it's the state and the citizens. Um, but of course, the company gains, you know, the logs and the oil palm, and that adds up to about also 250 million. Wow. So mm-hmm. it doesn't balance out because yeah. the, all the gains go to one party and the losses are suffered by another party. So just based on this, uh, I you know, this, so this becomes a rational, like, you know, it becomes a, a, a question like, you know, why then should such a, a project be approved and be supported? Mm. So that's one question to ask. Now, of course, there are other losses to the society, uh, to the locals staying there. You know, the locals want a certain lifestyle, and they have been staying there. But now, they are going to lose that lifestyle, uh, most likely, and they and they are asked to move from where they are staying to another place uh, with new houses. You know, some agree, some disagree. So you you for us, you may think, oh, it's a great deal. You know, you get a new house, but not everyone wants that. You know, mm-hmm. I can say, you know, I want, I, I'm going to take over your place now. Uh, you've been staying here for generations. I'll like to take over your place now. I'm offering you a new house. It's a very simple house. And I think it's maybe better than the house, the bamboo and wood you know, hut that you're staying in now. But it may not be what you like. You know, mm-hmm. And you may not want all the hassle of moving away. And, and the land is not yours. Correct. It's just the house is yours, but the land is not yours, you know. So you may be afraid that, you know, if I stay and then move away, what if five years down the road, something changes and I'm asked to move again, right? And then I become a nomad, right? Mm-hmm. I was a nomad by my own choice, but now I'm a nomad by force. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you can, I think we can understand the concerns of some of the local around us there. And of course, then the, the other costs, other uh, costs to it, like ecological costs, which is definitely irreversible. Um, the biodiversity that will be, that will be lost, um, the, yeah, the forest that would be lost, right? Oh, just the biodiversity would be lost. The, the soil that would be lost um, and the, the, the wildlife. I'm not sure. Like, do you want to talk about the tigers? We have been talking about tigers all the time and people always say they want to save tigers. But what the heck? I look at this project and it's like, wow, the top management of YP Olio. Okay, this is where I get into a rant now. The top management of YP Olio uh, are associated with um, state government with uh, the Pahang royalty family members who speak strongly and have put efforts into conserving tigers, you know, into protecting tigers. And they are also associated with the company itself is, you know, 
strongly associated with a, a, a Thai energy company that are saving tigers in Thailand. But here they are not. So it, it gets really frustrating and none of them respond to Makaranga. You know, it's not as if we are accusing them of, of, of without giving them a chance to, to, to respond. No, they just do not respond to our questions. I mean, I ask you, do you know what's happening? Like, how do you reconcile your actions here in Malaysia with that in Thailand? How do you reconcile this tiger habitat destruction with your efforts to protect Taman Negara only, perhaps? Um, <laughs> yeah, so... It's very frustrating. Sorry for the rant. No, no. Uh, really, really appreciate it, you know, because, yeah, you, people don't connect the dots, right? You know, and, and that's, the, I guess that's it, like greenwashing, right? That's happening. Uh, we say one thing, you know, to the public, there's lots of photographs, there's lots of, you know, publicity on that, but what's happening there? I mean, if you guys didn't do this investigation, who would know about this? I think sometimes, you know, yeah, um, very often we also hear people say that uh, we have to compromise. Yes. We give this part away, we protect. Uh, another part which is more important. Uh, we can't win every fight. Mm, I guess that, that that's true and you can be strategic about it. I, I would agree. However, this is not a small part to lose. Now, the, the Chinibera forest complex is made up of several uh, forest reserves, the largest of them being the Bukit Ibam Forest Reserve. Now, that's a huge forest reserve. And already, the you know, this, this forest complex, right, uh, it connects Tasit Chini and Tasit Bera, so two freshwater ecosystems. It also connects. It is it's a it's a it's an important part of the central forest spine uh, network in that it connects the Greater Taman Negara Forest Complex uh, in the north in Pahang to the Andau Rompin Forest Complex in Johor in the south. So. Crucial, yeah. It's crucial. And of course, you know, the developers and whoever is a supporter of the project can say that, yeah, yeah, we are need taking out, you know, 8,500 hectares of this. And I, I cannot remember the total acreage of this, this place. Now, I mean, it's, it's a huge place. Mm. We're taking only like, I, I remember it's, 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 not, it's not 10%, like, it's less than 10%. We are only taking out 10, less than 10% of it. You know, there's, there's like still a lot more of it. However, it, it's... If you look at the, the forest complex itself, right, you, you, you can clearly see that over time, over the, in, the, in the last few years, parts and parts of it has been cleared, taken away, taken away, taken away. Eventually, uh, we hear this same argument again. If you, take, if you go from 100% to, to 90, 80, 70, you know, each small cut, each small cut, eventually when it hits maybe say like less than half and it's fragmented, then there comes the argument, ayah. This forest, not much ecological value. Mm -hmm. Might as well, you know, remove it. Yeah. Uh, replace it somewhere, don't know where. So then you have the whole forest gone. It's just a matter of time. If, if we go on this trajectory, I have, I've, but as I said, in the, right at the start, right, there is a, a, a chance to, 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 to stop it, right? There's a chance to, to reconsider the plan um, to clear the remaining forest and convert it all into an oil palm uh, plantation. Now there are options, uh, and the conservationists and the uh, forestry consultants um, that Makranga spoke to uh, offered plans. You know what can be done here. Um, of course, you know the best plan for them is to <laughs> don't don't touch the forest at all. For sure. Um, but that may not be very uh, palatable for the or state viable. government. Yeah. Uh, for the well, it's totally viable. I think it's totally viable because what they have earned what they have already earned from clearing that one-third, 
should be enough to cover more than enough to cover what they've invested in. Mm-hmm. So if the company goes away right now, would it make would it be loss making? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. So, you know, would you be happy with several million profit? I don't know, Juliet, you and I, we, we may be happy with that, but who knows what about other people. Right. But anyway, I'm saying that if they leave now, it may not be exactly loss-making for them. Um, but yeah, but there are also other, other things, right? The, the, the Pahang state government can choose to apply for uh, ecological fiscal transfer mm-hmm. from the federal government. You know, the federal government has been increasing that uh, allocation uh, over the years from 60 to 70. I think this year, what was it in the budget? I can't remember now. But they increased it again. Um, so yeah, the Pahang State government will say, oh, we want the revenue, mm, then you can apply for this uh, EFT to, to, yeah, to, 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 to preserve the forest. Uh, and there are, of course, also lots of uh, other um, capital available worldwide now uh, to help developing countries like Malaysia uh, in our climate action. Mm-hmm. Well, carbon credit is one way that you can earn from this. I mean, not necessarily YP Olio itself they can earn because... You who wanted to cut it, and then now you're not cutting it. You have you, you first excise it, and then you say you want to cut it, and then you come back. You want to say the same person saying they want to save it. It's probably not going to work because you know you are the one person playing the whole game. Uh, but one way or another, I think the state government can find a way to earn, to 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 still make a, a good revenue from this forest and keep it. Mm-hmm. I mean, ecotourism, of course, that can be done. Um, yeah, so. And can I just ask, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I got this wrong, but mm. did the, the experts that you speak to also said that, you know, this plantation could be anywhere else. There are other land available. Yeah, You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be in this beautiful, okay, like I'm going to say beautiful rainforest, but this very critical. No, it is, it is beautiful. Once you're in there, um, there are small ponds. Uh, it's, it's quite flat. There are some hills into the north, uh, but it's, it's relatively flat. So it's, um, yeah. Um, there are, Plenty of uh, idle agricultural land available uh, mm-hmm. uh, in Peninsula Malaysia. In Pahang, I think uh, the statistics from 2019 was about, I think, 90,000 hectares or, or close to 100,000 hectares uh, of idle ag- agricultural land available in Peninsula Malaysia. And so oil palm can, can be planted here uh, in this land or rubber plantation. However, having said that, I mean, Pahang itself has over 20,000 hectares of this idle land. Having said that, I think that the planters can also argue that all these idle land are scattered all around. It's not clustered together. So how can you expect us to plant, you know, several hectares here, several hectares there, several hectares there? It just doesn't make economic sense. It doesn't make logistical sense. I get that. Um, so that's a counter argument. However, I think another question we can also ask is, even if you don't plant it elsewhere, I think the, the state, the, the national planning, I don't know, whoever that sit there, we really got to ask, do we really need to put in more money or, or invest more land for oil palm plantation? Uh, well, actually, oil palm acreage has been decreasing in the past few years in Malaysia itself. I think this is like the first time it's ever happened since the 70s. It's been decreasing. And um, not I don't really know where it, what it's transforming into, but it's decreasing. And the, the, I think the argument would be that it is better to increase your productivity per acre than to you know having more acres itself. And of course, there comes to this very final question of this oil palm plantation. 
likely cannot run. It likely cannot op- it, it cannot sell because it cannot get certified uh, by the mandatory uh, MSPO certification, which is the Malaysian Sustainable Palm Oil Certification. It mm-hmm. cannot get. It likely cannot get that. Because the new standards that were revised this year prohibits conversion of natural forests after 31st December 2019. Uh-huh. And as we, if you can still remember all the timeline, almost all the clearing and logging on the YP Olio site occurred after that uh, threshold, right? So any oil palm planted on that site, on the YP Olio site now, um, the way I interpret it, actually, in fact, the way that uh, the, the, the MSPO scheme operator, the Malaysian Palm Oil Certification Council told us is that, yeah, it, it likely cannot pass the certification. If it cannot pass the certification, it cannot get licensed by MPOB. And MPOB told us that they, they discourage, you know, they disagree and discourage with any conversion of forest reserves for oil palm. And they said that they have told developers this, they have told EIA consultants this. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so if you know if 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 it really can't get certified and cannot get licensed as an oil palm plantation, then what's the point of approving the whole project for oil palm plantation, right? right. So, but as I say, you know, just just if you can hark back to what we say about the profit and loss just now, yeah, you know, if I if I'm the developer, I may not worry so much that I cannot plant the oil palm, you know, in five years time because, well, at least I I will still have. Uh, maybe over a hundred or well, definitely over a hundred million of uh, log profit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's a really question for the state. Like, what do you want to gain? Like, you know, yeah, okay, I, I think I'll stop here. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. I've never seen Yahoo look this frustrated before. Um, but yes, okay. So yeah, saying one thing on the outside and, you know, doing other things um, yeah, deep in the jungle, isn't it? So there's a lot at stake here, basically. Ecological damage, losses to the Orang Asli community, losses to Malaysians themselves, right? Uh, so much that there is... Um, you know, you, you've released this story. It's in three parts. Um, what do you hope people will take away, you know, from this particular story? I think it's sort of a microcosm of what's happening across Peninsula Malaysia and also probably Saban Sarawak. I don't know enough. But um, yeah, you know, what, 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 what would you like to, you know, ask listeners and, and readers of the articles to think about, you know? Well, this this project has so many questionable elements in it, right? And so I think we as, I, I don't live there. I'm not a Pahang voter, right? I don't live there. Um, but I, I feel like, how can, you know, what's the rationale for making such a decision? And this is not like a decision that is made on a split second. There have been years in the making of this decision. You know, what, what, what prompt all these agencies, the state government, and uh, all these agencies involved to, to, you know, not strongly protest against it when the rationale, I mean, as in, in my reporting, how much time did I spend on this? Uh, six weeks maybe uh, to look all this up and I you know and, and the conclusion I can draw is that you know it, it seems so irrational um, to, to, to run this project uh, from the perspective of the state and the citizens so I think for the people for the readers right first understand it and then see that even if you come from a very objective point of view of just you know balancing the profit and uh, the cost and benefit of the whole project then you Make your own decision. You know, you may not agree with Makaranga's, uh, you know, layout of all these different elements. You know, but you make your own, and then you ask yourself, uh, you know, what what kind of uh, decision makers do we want to put in place? 
that can make such a decision. I mean, if you agree with the decision, then good luck. Then you continue, you know, supporting such people. If you disagree with such a decision, if you disagree with the approach or the rationale that has been used in, in making such decisions, then um, I think I think we have time to uh, to to sort of like it's your decision to make in the yeah. coming few weeks, isn't it? It's yeah. your decision to make in the coming few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes for all of Malaysia. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Yahua, uh, for joining me today. And folks, if you'd like to uh, read those articles, just head to makaranga.org. Uh, three parts, again, as we mentioned. The first one is called Cutting the Chinibera Forest for Oil Palm That Can't Sell. Uh, the second one is titled Destroying Tiger Habitat in Pahang Despite Promises. And the final article is titled Orang Asli Reject New Houses for Forests. Really comprehensive coverage there. Do head over to Makaranga to check it out. But if you miss any part of my conversation today with Yahua, just head to bfm.my earth or you can download the podcast on the bfm app my thanks again to lawia hua uh, environmental journalist co-founder of makaranga this has been earth matters on the bigger picture bfm 89.9 you have been listening to a podcast from bfm 89.9 the business station for more stories of the same kind download the bfm app